Section twenty two of Fabiola by Nicholas Patrick, Cardinal Wiseman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Part second Conflict. Chapter three. What Diogenes could not tell about the catacombs. Diogenes lived during the first period in the history of the cemeteries, though near its close. Could he have looked into their future fate, he would have seen, near at hand, an epoch that would have gladdened his heart, to be followed by one that would have deeply afflicted him. Although, therefore, the matter of this chapter have no direct bearing upon our narrative, it will serve essentially to connect it with the present topography of its scene. When peace and liberty were restored to the church, these cemeteries became places of devotion and of great resort. Each of them was associated with the name of one or the names of several of the more eminent martyrs buried in it and on their anniversaries crowds of citizens and of pilgrims thronged to their tombs where the divine mysteries were offered up and the homily delivered in their praise hence began to be compiled the first martyrologies or calendars of martyrs days which told the faithful whither to go at rome on the salarian or the apian or the arditine way such are the indications almost daily read in the roman martyrology now swelled out by the additions of later ages an ordinary reader of the book hardly knows the importance of these indications, for they have served to verify several otherwise dubious cemeteries. Another class of valuable writers also comes to our aid, but before mentioning them we will glance at the changes which this devotion produced in the cemeteries. First, commodious entrances with easy staircases were made, then walls were built to support the crumbling galleries and from time to time funnel-shaped apertures in the vaults were opened to admit light and air finally basilicas or churches were erected over their entrances generally leading immediately to the principal tomb then called the confession of the church the pilgrim thus on arriving at the holy city visited each of these churches accustomed yet practised descended below and without having to grope his way about went direct by well-connected passages to the principal martyr's shrine and so on to others perhaps equally objects of reverence and devotion during this period no tomb was allowed to be opened no body to be extracted though apertures were made into the grave handkerchiefs or scarves called brandia were introduced to touch the martyr's relics and these were carried to distant countries to be held in equal reverence no wonder that st ambrose st gaudentius and other bishops should have found it so difficult to obtain bodies or large relics of martyrs for their churches another sort of relics consisted of what was called familiarly the oil of a martyr that is the oil often mixed with balsam which burned in a lamp beside his tomb often a round stone pillar three feet or so in height and scooped out at the top stands beside a monument probably to hold the lamp or serve for the distribution of its contents st gregory the great wrote to queen theodolinda that he sent her a collection of the oils of the popes who were martyrs the list which accompanied them was copied by mabillon in the treasury of monza and republished by ruinart it exists there yet together with the very files containing them sealed up in metal tubes the jealousy of disturbing the saints is displayed most beautifully in an incident related by st gregory of tours among the martyrs most honored in the ancient roman church were saints chrysanthus and daria their tombs became so celebrated for cures that their fellow christians built that is excavated over them a chamber with a vault of beautiful workmanship 
where crowds of worshippers assembled. This was discovered by the heathens, and the emperor closed them in, walled up the entrance, and from above, probably through the luminare, or ventilating shaft, showered down earth and stones, and buried the congregation alive, as the two holy martyrs had been before them. The place was unknown at the peace of the church, till discovered by divine manifestation, but instead of being permitted to enter again into this hallowed spot, pilgrims were merely allowed to look at it, through a window opened in the wall, so as to see not only the tombs of the martyrs, but also the bodies of those who had been buried alive at their shrines, and as the cruel massacre had taken place while preparations were being made for the oblation of the Holy Eucharist, there were still to be seen lying about the silver cruets in which the wine was brought for that spotless sacrifice. It is clear that pilgrims resorting to Rome would want a handbook to the cemeteries, that they might know what they had to visit. It is likewise but natural that, on their return home, they may have sought to edify their less fortunate neighbors by giving an account of what they had seen. Accordingly, there exists, no less fortunately for us than for their untraveled neighbors, several records of this character. The first place among these is held by catalogues compiled in the fourth century, one of the places of sepulture of Roman pontiffs, the other of martyrs. After these come three distinct guides to the catacombs, the more interesting because they take different rounds, that agree marvelously in their account. To show the value of these documents, and describe the changes which took place in the catacombs during the second period of their history, we will give a brief account of one discovery. In the cemetery we have left our little party. Among the rubbish near the entrance of a catacomb, the name of which was yet doubtful, and which had been taken for that of Retextatus, was found a fragment of a slab of marble, which had been broken across obliquely from left to right, with the following letters. Nelly Martres The young cavalier de Rossi at once declared that this was part of the sepulchral inscription of the holy pope Cornelius, that probably his tomb would be found below, in a distinguished form, and that as all the itineraries above mentioned concurred in placing it in the cemetery of Callistus, this, and not the one at St. Sebastian's, a few hundred yards off, must claim the honor of that name. He went further and foretold that as these works pronounced St. Cyprian to be buried near Cornelius, there would be found something at the tomb which would account for that idea, for it was known that his body rested in Africa. It was not long before every prediction was verified. The great staircase discovered was found to lead at once to a wider space, carefully secured by brickwork of the time of peace, and provided with light and air from above. On the left was a tomb, cut like others in the rock, without any exterior arch over it. It was, however, large and ample, and except one very high above it, there were no other graves below, or over, or at the sides. The remaining portion of the slab was found within it. The first piece was brought from the Kircherian Museum, where it had been deposited, and exactly fitted to it, and both covered the tomb thus. Cornelli Martires, E.P., Below, reaching from the lower edge of the stone to the ground, was a marble slab, covered with an inscription, of which only the left hand end remains, the rest being broken off and lost. Above the tomb was another slab, let into the sandstone, of which the right hand end exists, and a few more fragments have been recovered in the rubbish, not enough to make out the lines, but sufficient to show it was an inscription in verse, by Pope Damasus. How is this authorship traceable? Very easily. Not only do we know that this holy pope already mentioned took pleasure in putting verses which he loved to write on the tombs of martyrs, 
but a number of inscriptions of his yet extant exhibit a particular and very elegant form of letters known among antiquarians by the name of Damasian. The fragments of this marble bear portions of verses in this character. To proceed, on the wall, right of the tomb, and on the same plane, were painted two full-length figures in sacerdotal garments with glories round their heads, evidently a Byzantine work of the seventh century. Down the wall, by the left side of each, letter below letter, were their names. Some letters were effaced, which we supply in italics as follow. S.C.I. Cross. Corneli. P.P. S.C.I. Cross. Cipriani. We here see how a foreigner, reading these two inscriptions with the portraits, and knowing that the church commemorates the two martyrs on the same day, might easily be led to suppose that they were here deposited together. Finally, at the right hand of the tomb stands a truncated column, about three feet high, concave at the top, as before described, and as a confirmation of the use to which we said it might be put, St. Gregory has, in his list of oils sent to the Lombard Queen, Oleum S. Corneli, the oil of St. Cornelius. We see, then, how, during the second period, new ornaments, as well as greater conveniences, were added to the primitively simple forms of the cemeteries, but we must not, on that account, imagine that we are in any danger of mistaking these later embellishments for the productions of the early ages. The difference is so immense that we might as easily blunder by taking a Rubens for a Beato Angelico, as by considering a Byzantine figure to be a production of the first two centuries. We come now to the third period of these holy cemeteries, the sad one of their desolation. When the Lombards, and later the Saracens, began to devastate the neighborhood of Rome, and the catacombs were exposed to desecration, the popes extracted the bodies of the most illustrious martyrs and placed them in the basilicas of the city. This went on till the eighth or ninth century, when we still read of repairs made in the cemeteries by the sovereign pontiffs. The catacombs ceased to be so much places of devotion, and the churches, which stood over their entrances, were destroyed or fell to decay. Only those remained which were fortified and could be defended. Such are the extramural basilicas of St. Paul on the Ostian Way, of St. Sebastian on the Appian, St. Lawrence on the Tiburtine, or in the Agar Veranus, St. Agnes on the Nomentane Road, St. Pancratius on the Aurelian, and, greatest of all, St. Peter's on the Vatican. The first and last had separate burgs or cities round them, and the traveller can still trace remains of strong walls round some of the others. Strange it is, however, that the young antiquarian, whom we have frequently named with honour, should have rediscovered two of the basilicos over the entrance to the cemetery of Callistus, almost entire, the one being a stable and bakehouse, the other a wine-store. One is, most probably, that built by Pope Damasus, so often mentioned. The earth washed down through air-holes the spoliation practiced during ages, by persons entering from vineyards through unguarded entrances. The mere wasting action of time and weather have left thus but a wreck of the ancient catacombs. Still there is much to be thankful for. Enough remains to verify the records left us in better times, and these serve to guide us to the reconstruction of our ruins. The present pontiff has done more in a few years for these sacred places than has been effected in centuries. The mixed commission which he has appointed have done wonders. With their limited means they are going systematically to work finishing as they advance. Nothing is taken from the spot where it is found, but everything is restored, as far as possible, to its original state. Accurate tracings are made of all the paintings, and plans of every part explored. 
to secure these good results the pope has from his own resources bought vineyards and fields especially at tormarancia where the cemetery of saints nereus and achilius is situated and we believe also over that of callistus the french emperor too has sent to rome artists who have produced a most magnificent work perhaps somewhat overdone upon the catacombs a truly imperial undertaking it is time however for us to rejoin our party below and finish our inspection of these marvellous cities of departed saints under the guidance of our friends the excavators End of section 22